What up, what up, what up, everyone? Welcome to episode 19 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Go grab yourself some body armor, tell them Combo sent you. Special guest today, former NBA All-Star Larry Johnson will be joining us. Big shouts to Barney Greengrass for making it happen. Special thanks to Larry as well. We actually recorded right from Barney's restaurant, which is named Barney Greengrass. Had a great time with Larry and Barney that day. I definitely ate a lot of bagels, eggs, and locks. Awesome breakfast if you're ever on the Upper West Side of New York City. Go check it out. So since we recorded right from Barney's restaurant, you might hear people, waiters, eggs and locks being served in the background. But content is king, man, and I think it is a great episode. We talk about Grandmama, Larry's four-point shot, and his time on set with the Space Jam crew plus much, much more. Hope you enjoy it. Let me know what you think right on the comments section of your Apple Podcast app. Subscribe as well if you haven't. It would mean the world to me if you share this episode with your friends. I think it's a great episode and want as many people to get the chance to listen as possible. Keep hooping in your combo socks. You know you can follow me on Instagram at 12combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Let's Get into it. Hey, K Dot. Yeah, yeah. Can we get it how we used to get it, like when Top had the red charger? Can we get it how we used to get it, like when Top had the red charger? Can we get it how we used to get it? Cap on. And I got racks on. Spent four nights in the country, I like then take my rich back home. Glow so bright, I can make moonlight. See, this ain't like your pheromones. Blue one, big gun, bare tone. Who won? We won your home. We old school like Chopper, though. My old school made doctor know. My old school made hard not. Black on black, my coop and strap. I'm Larry Johnson, no welcome to Combo Court. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Let's start with from the beginning. Where did your hoop journey begin and where did you pick up the basketball? Well, I'm originally from Dallas. Well, I started playing in Dallas. Uh, John B. Hood Junior High School. My first coach was Ed Wesley, so it took off from there. Was the NBA always the goal? When did you realize that's what you wanted to do? Well, again, I'm from Dallas, so yeah. the goal was ba- uh, football. Being from got Dallas, you, got it's you. all about football. In Texas, it's about football. Did you play growing up in the football Absolutely. system? Oh, okay, I played, okay. I played quarterback until my uh, freshman year, and then they started hitting too hard, and I went to basketball. I got you. That makes sense. Uh, basketball players do have a longer career, for sure. Um, you had a great high school career, McDonald's All-American. Then you decided to go to Odessa. Why did you decide to take the JUCO route? Well, I really didn't decide it. They decided it for me. I, I, I first signed with Southern Methodist University, which was like 10 minutes from the house, SMU. Okay. It was my dream to go play and stay home, but I couldn't. Uh, at that point, I needed more help with my SAT, so my SAT scores weren't high enough, and that's why I went to JUCO route. Uh, I just got back from Vegas. They had a really nice statue of Tark there. Um, what was it like playing for him? That's my guy. Love coaching. Uh, um, um, I, I miss him dearly. He was a, he was a, you hear this phrase a lot. Coach Tark was a players coach. Right, right. So he was all about the players. He wasn't an X and O's guy necessarily. He was a motivator and motivated cats. You hear college coaches want you to do well after you leave. So Coach Tark to me was all about that. Got you. What was it like? Uh, tell me about some of your teammates um, at UNLV. It was a great time. Tell me about some of the guys you played with. Well, of course, we had the three to go to the league, which was myself. Greg Anthony was uh, drafted by the Knicks, and my roommate at the time, Stacey Austin, went to Atlanta. So, and then uh, everybody thinks one of us was the uh, MVP on the team, but the MVP was a guy by the name of uh, 
uh, uh, Anderson Hunt from Detroit. Right. So, uh, and, and Moses Scary, which was a Brooklyn cat who did our dirty work. Uh, me and Moses still close. We are really pretty still close. It's, it's, it's Vegas, so it's mostly uh, everybody go back to Vegas. Gotcha. So we always meet up back in Vegas. If there was one thing um, that you took from Tark, I know there's probably a lot. What was it? Well, for co Coach, when by the time I got to UNLV, what I needed was uh, I needed that motivational drive. I mean, I had all the talent uh, in college, in high school, in junior high school. They all talked about my talent. So I had the talent, but I needed that next level drive to never give up. And, right. Uh, when I would when I was with UNLV, man, it was Division One basketball was totally different, and it was a upscale and a step up for me. So my first month in Division One basketball, which coach was still around, my first month was hard, you know, um, and I, it was adjustment I had to make, and it was a couple of times where I didn't think I was going to pull it through, but it was Coach Todd that kept motivating. So the motivation that was key with them. Absolutely, to keep to keep striving and keep pushing. That's a great message for anybody. Barney, man, welcome to Combo's Court. How are you, Barney? Good to see you. Good right. to see you. I wanted to talk about 1993 a little bit. Um, that year, you signed the most lucrative contract in NBA history. What comes with that, and how did your life change? You know what? It changed a lot, but that was like my second year in the league, so right. I was ready for that change. I wasn't ready for the first change. Right. But you know, the biggest change there was, was with my peers. Like, I remember Michael Jordan speaking out. I remember Carl Malone. And, and, and the next guy spoke, spoke out was uh, Derrick Coleman because Derrick Coleman contract was the next year. Derrick Coleman contract exceeded mine. It just was right. like snowballed. Right, right. Yeah, and, and, and I remember the, uh, my peers, the Michael Jordans, and everybody pulling for me. I was really happy for that situation because they knew what they was going to do. Right, and now you see what's happening now. I'm sure maybe exactly. you want to get back on the court. Exactly. <laughs> it's going crazy now, which is okay. Yeah, of course. No problem with it. Of course, definitely. Uh, it's always great to see people get their money to play the sport they love. Get your money, man. <laughs> so how was it, man, playing in the Garden, playing for the Knicks? Uh, you left Charlotte, what, 1995? 95-96. Right. How was that experience playing for the Knicks? Was it a lot different than playing in Charlotte? I tell people this all the time. They ask the difference between playing in New York and Charlotte. In Charlotte, we wasn't good. But we had some characters on our squad, and we was close. Everybody right. was young. I was my second year. Lonzo's first. Muggsy's like four. Um, Kenny Gaddison, Dale Carey was like four. Right. Year on that team. So did you st teach stuff how to shoot? Who was no, who was no, up? No. <laughs> his dad, his pops, and his mom taught him. All right. <laughs> but we was younger, man, and we was close. Right. When we went out, I told people, when we went out, we went places, we went eight and nine together. Right. When you got in New York, it wasn't like that. Everybody, everybody for had themselves. families, everybody a little bit older, but we was a better team. Grandmama, man, who came up with that idea? Were you skeptical about it at first? Of course I was skeptical. <laughs> it was a short, I mean, a, a, a Converse ad. It was a shoe ad. Right, right. So they come up with it, and uh, I was skeptical about it, but it worked out for me. Uh, people know me by that more than basketball now. They definitely do. They know you from that and the four-point play. Can you take us through that? What well, happened that day? It, it, it started before that day. Yeah. It started before that day. It started about a month. It started training camp. Uh, Tom Tom Thibodeau, which was our assistant coach at the time, which is the head coach in Minnesota. Thibodeau was my shooting coach. And me and Tib, man, we just buckled down the beginning of the playoffs. We was just shooting like 200, 300 shots before and after practice. And Tib was like, man, you're going to be getting these in this whole playoff. I'm like, all right. That was the 50-game season, I believe. And that was right. the shortened right. season. I was playing more of a three. Right. So Tib and I just really buckled down on shooting threes. And I like to tell the youngsters, it was all confidence, man. I knew I was going to get the ball. The play was for Allen Houston. 
but I knew the play was going to come to me. I knew I was going to get the ball, and man, I was just, my confidence was sky high. I knew I was going to get it. You almost it. visualized it before it happened. Before it happened, yeah. man. When I, before I walked out on the court, uh, I mean, if you know basketball, you know, and, and we played against Indiana, which was a good team at the time, so they're going to take away the first option. The right, first right. option is Allen Houston. Of course. You're, you're, not a, you're, you're a shit basketball team if you let them get the first option in. You know right, what I'm an easy look, of course. Yeah, so I knew, and, and before we walked out, um, um, uh, Marcus Camby pulled me to the side and said, LJ, you're getting this ball. Yeah, Marcus, Marcus and I talk about that a lot. He was like, man, I told you you was getting the rock because they was going to take away Allen. That was huge. That was huge. People pretty people remember you grab my mind. They remember that when they think well, about that. Just, and it's yeah. basketball Memphis, so yeah. they're gonna, and it's Madison Square Garden. If it, if, even if it were, if, even if I played for New York and did it in Indiana, it wouldn't have had the biggest impact as having in Madison Square Garden. For sure. I wanted to ask you about Space Jam, man. I heard Michael Jordan had a court out there. You guys were working out. Yeah, it, it wasn't a court. It wasn't a court. What was, I mean, it? Uh, was it? Was that Walt Disney? They I don't know. You tell me. I think, <laughs> I think it was Walt Disney because they built that man like a $10 million stadium on set. It had showers. It had locker rooms. Everybody came through and played. Uh, Reggie came through Magic. We had at least 12, 14 pros on the court uh, every day. Very every convenient day. for Mike. Very convenient oh, for you. He just walked across, walked across set, man. Walked across set. That's that, crazy. that was unbelievable because he was there actually for about four months. Yeah. And we, I think I, I I spent 30 days. The other guys spent like a month. But he right. was there four months, so they had to do that for him. Right. A lot of characters on that set, Barkley, uh, Bugsy. Any funny stories from Space Jam? Man, listen, any funny story. I got one, All right. and it was me. Uh, <laughs> uh, when I first got there, you know, like I said, I was there about 30 days. So when I got there, I had a fresh haircut. And, right. back, and back then, if you remember me in Charlotte, it was all about my hair. Man. I had to have my hair with me. Uh, right every game. Right. So I just got a fresh haircut, and they had all these people on set. It was Walt Disney set, so it was a it was a professional set. So they had groomers and, and, and everything, and haircut guy. And the guy was an Italian guy, the haircut guy. And he saw my hair, and he took pictures and everything. I said, "Man, can you do this?" He like, "Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it." But he spoke a little English. I can do it. I can do it. I said, "All right." So I come to him about a week later. I see my hair growing in my line. Lead. Man, look, I'm gonna need you in about a couple of days. I got you. I got you. I can do it. I got you. So about 10 days later, my hair is bushy. I said, man, I need you. I go in to get a haircut, and it's like he put a bowl on my head. He just cut around me, put a bowl on my head. It, there's no way I could have went out there and convinced him I was the same guy. Like, if, if I went out there with that haircut, you would have saw the difference in the whole movie. But but then he put the bowl on my head, cut a bowl, man, it was bad. And so I sat in my trailer. I sat in my trailer, and I wasn't going to move. And I held up production for about two hours. They were like, where Larry? Where Larry? All these people come knocking on my door. They want you on set. They want you on set. I'm like, I'm not moving. So Muggsy come next. Muggsy come like, what's up, big fella? He see my head, and he shoots out. And I don't know. And me and Muggsy playing in Charlotte at the time. We were yeah. on the same team. He shoots out. About 10 minutes later, here come the whole crew. Michael Jordan, uh, uh, Michael Jordan, um, uh, 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 Barkley, everybody yeah. coming, just fall out in my trailer and having a blast. Like, I'm looking at mugs like you snitched on me. You snitched on me. <laughs> but one of the other actors on the set, man, it was a black guy on the set, T.K. Carter, I think his name was. Okay. He's an actor. T.K. Carter took me about 10 minutes down the street, man. Fixed it up? Fixed it up. Come on, T.K. looked there like, come on, man. Took me about 10 minutes down West Boulevard or whatever, man. Got my hair cut. That's a crazy story. Yeah, At least it all worked out. Man. Yeah, it all worked out. Yeah. But I held up production for about three hours. But it was, it was the mugs going to snitch on me then the whole crew coming back looking at me and falling out in my trailer that's the most laugh i've seen michael jordan do that's crazy um you're with the knicks now mm -hmm. what's your role with the knicks my official title is basketball business operational representative 
Gotcha. What I do is I just do the community relations. If, you know, people, I talk, I, I said all the time, I think Mr. Dolan, James got a right. bad rep. Right, right. Because I, I went to him maybe four years ago, and I just came to him straight out and said I was in some a little bit of crisis and I needed help. And he was like, man, what you want to do? He was asking me, do I want to get on the bench? Do I want to do the public relations stuff? Because at that time, they was bringing me back once a month just doing PR. Well, right off the bat, that was very cool of him to give you opportunities. So that you he are, just yeah. brought me back for that and made up the position for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, um, like, either it's a position now that I can pass it on. Gotcha. We can have uh, Kurt Thomas has been coming back. Spree has even been seen. Right, right. One of them guys in the same position. Right. That's awesome. Um, what do you think the David Fisdale hiring means for the Knicks? I was just saying, man, um, most of these real moves is, a, is about um, um, Steve Mills. And I'm a Steve Mills fan, and I want to see Steve. Uh, 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 Succeed. I don't know coach. I've never met coach. I heard he was a good guy. Got you. And I just I just want to see him succeed. I want to see the Knicks succeed. So I'm a big Steve Mills fan. I want to see it work out. For sure. It'd be great for New York. Um, Have you had the opportunity to meet Kevin Knox? Hadn't met him yet. Got you. What do you think about his game? Well, he looked good in summer league, but so they all sure. look good in summer league. So <laughs> we're not going to, we're going to, we're going to cross our fingers and, and hope his English come back as healthy as he can. And, and young fella continue to progress. I did like a young, I did like uh, uh, Frank though. I yeah. love Frank's uh, aggressiveness. I like to pick when we pick Frank. I just thought he was a little timid this year, but that's a rookie. That's no Defensively, he looked great. Yeah. 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 Long. For, for sure. For sure. Um, you made a you, you made a movie with Mike. You got to play against Mike. Who do you think is a greater player, MJ or LeBron? Michael Jordan. Last question. It's a real serious one, man. Real serious. Who would win one-on-one? -on -one? Uncle Drew or Grandmama? Ooh. Ooh. That is a serious one. I didn't see the movie, neither. <laughs> shocked I wasn't in that. Of course, now Uncle Drew is getting grandma, but back in the day, I don't know if Uncle Drew, I don't know if Uncle Drew had to wait. Grandma yeah, I don't, was a beast back I then. think Grandma would have had him in the post. I, I, no question <laughs> in the post, no question. Larry Johnson, thanks for being here. You're always welcome back at Combo's Court. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you having me. Thank you, man. Appreciate you, man. There it is, episode 19. Hope you enjoyed it. Special thanks to Larry and Barney. Don't forget to leave a friendly comment and a five-star rating right on the Apple Podcast app. If you listen to this episode in its entirety, write the word bagels right in the comments section. That's right, B-A-G-E-L-S, bagels. Thank you so much for listening. Appreciate you all. Be on the lookout for episode 20, Combo Out.